Welcome to Let Me Know How It Is, a podcast about all things geek. Favorite little-known characters, that's the topic for today. If you're a new listener, welcome to the show. We release new episodes every Wednesday. Quick reminder to everyone, you can make topic suggestions in the comments section. Thanks for listening. All right, fellas, we have a topic suggested by a listener. Jay writes, how about your favorite underrated heroes or villains and why? That's a great idea, Jay. Let's do it. I'm Zach Slater. I'm Frank Melman. I'm Tommy Smithereens. And I'm Clifton. All right. Jay, thank you for your suggestion. Of course, thanks for listening. Uh, who wants to start? I was torn between this, th- this, this particular um, character because the more I thought about it, the more I was like, why? I was, my first choice was going to be Admiral Man. Um, just because they had a phenomenal one by um, Grant Morrison. Thank you, Grant Morrison. But how much more different is Animal Man than Vixen? Or isn't that the same same power setting? Kind of. I mean, Animal Man, like they the, the thing where he tied into the anthro with anthropomorphic field, kind of mm-hmm. like the green or the red. Like, I think they actually call it the red eventually. But she had the. I, I think there's a couple issues of Morrison's run where they try to explain, where he tries to explain how it all works. But. In his origin, originally, it was something to do with aliens. Like, he was visited by aliens, and therefore, he was able to tap into different animal fields and therefore become animal, you know, have their animal abilities, where she has, like, that tantoo totem, which is more like a magic thing. Yeah. So, but no, Animal Man's a great choice. Yeah. Yeah, but that was, my choice is Animal Man, because ever since that phenomenal run, they have not revisited that character in that same reverence. And no one has started to come close to it. It's, it's like, it's, it's the pure opposite of, um, Right. Of a more story in which everybody tries to give their take on it. But in this one, it's like, nope. They tried one time. They tried a little bit in New 52 when they gave it to Jeff Lemire. And I think right. I think that that, that was, was an instance of them trying to 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 capture the magic of what Morrison had done. Like, I don't know what, 25 years ago, 25 yeah. years before at that point. But yeah. Yeah, that was the only place that I was going to mention, too, where I thought that they had tried because I think they make him. You know, there's a. I know there's a, at least a crossover with him and Swamp Thing, and then like Justice League Dark. But I haven't read it. I didn't really care. I tried to look at the first issue, and I didn't really care for the art. Mm. And it was tough. I found it tough to get into, so I didn't read it. And I didn't like the. I didn't think the costume change. I thought it was one of those costume changes that didn't need to change. I think the orange and blue costume he's had from damn near the beginning is pretty cool. Right. But yeah, I would have. I would have gone with the uh, Animal Man and had him on my list. But um, yeah, for me it was. Um, I think I, for me, it was that Morrison run. I remember reading it. Um, I read it from issue one all the way through Morrison's run, all the way till the end. And there's just so much recommended stuff. to you, or did you just pick it up because because you liked Morrison, or it or was you were a DC character. It was a DC character that I never I, I knew like in the background, like he was part of the Forgotten Heroes, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Like there was a group in, with uh, it's in DC Comics Presents. So there's a back to back Forgotten Heroes and then Forgotten Villains. And he was one of those heroes that I kind of knew. Like, all I knew was he was the man with the animal powers. Right. You know, yeah, yeah. he guest start, he guest started around. Like, he didn't, I don't think he even has an issue of like DC Comics Presents or Brave and the Bold that he teams up with anybody. But people remembered him and I remember the name. So I thought, okay. And it, in late, in years later, I think it's in Super Gods or maybe it was in an interview. Morrison said that for fun, what he'll do is he'll just take a DC character and create a modern day, just for fun, he'll write down a modern day origin and mess with the character. And it's really apparent if you've ever read like Doom Patrol or Animal Man or any of that sort of stuff by Morrison at DC, because you can tell where he's like, oh, I like this idea from where it was in the Silver Age or wherever, and now I'm going to play with it and change it around. But, but yeah, Animal Man's a great character. I think Animal Man, um, what was the, the, the shorts? Didn't we get the, for a while during um, DC Nation? Yeah, DC Nation. We got those shorts with uh, was it Weird Al as Animal oh, Man? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. I think other than that, I don't think we've gotten him like in animation, right? No, that's, yeah, that's correct. No, yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, in Justice League Unlimited, anytime they play with that that type of power set, it's it's Vixen usually, mm-hmm. and and like Buana Beast in a couple right. of episodes. Yeah. yeah, right. And Buana Beast yeah. crossed over in Morrison's run of Animal Man because yeah, they have similar. Powers. Yeah. Yeah. Those are some horrific issues. Yes, they so. are. And Morrison <laughs> was doing Animal Man around the same time he was doing Doom Patrol. And a lot of his Doom Patrol ideas are being used in the Doom Patrol series currently on HBO Max. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, that's all from that same time period. And in the Animal Man, I mean, he was definitely playing on the fact that that Animal Man was a D-list character before he started playing with it. He took a character mm-hmm. that was mostly forgotten and said, like, what what fun stuff can I do with this? That nobody, yeah. like, I'm not going to be stepping on anybody's toes because nobody's attached to this character. Yeah, the funny thing is, if you've ever read around the same time he was doing um, the sh- the comic Zenith, he right. either just done it or was doing it with Steve Yow. Yeah. And there's similarities. I mean, obviously, um, Buddy Baker is not the same, same character as Zenith. Zenith is sort of an a-hole who happens to have powers. But Buddy's much more um, an environmentalist. He's he's a vegan. You know, it's one of those things where I remember as, even reading it for the, like the first couple of issues is the part where Buddy's like, yeah, I'm going to wear this jacket. Because it was kind of an 80s thing to do for superheroes to wear jackets. And almost even the 90s, if you get like to Jack Knight Starman. Right. Mm-hmm. But he's like, I'm just wearing this because I get cold when I'm flying and I need some place to put my keys. <laughs> you know, and that's not something that a lot of superheroes, you know, you know, I think they deal with in Superman. Superman's got that pouch in his cape that he could put his, his Clark Kent clothes into. <laughs> or it used to be. But right. you know, it's one of the things where they don't really deal with that. That was, you know, that was kind of a novel idea back then when, when he had buddies say that. So. So describe his power set because I, because I, it's been a while since I've read Morrison's run, which I love. It's great. If you guys haven't mm-hmm. read it, check it out. It's fantastic. Absolutely. But uh, was there a component to his powers where like like proximity was was a factor? Mm-hmm. Okay, I thought so. Yeah, it was one of the things where he was he has to be it has to be something that's in the same like he he basically puts puts out a field and then he can draw from that field any any animals that are within it. Right. So if he's so like you know, any of the characteristics an animal has or ability an right. animal has. He can he can do Mimic himself. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, like if you fight him in a zoo, you might as well quit because you know he's right. going to kick your ass. But <laughs> I mean, it, it, I mean, there's some, again, and there's some really cool ideas that Morrison does, and I don't want to give it away if you haven't read it. But it's one of those things where like there's some stuff that happens to him. You're like, how in the world is he going to get out of it? Like it's a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. And Buddy Buddy being resourceful uses the animal powers around him to to get through it. So yep. I I remember what you're talking about. It's yes. great. I'm not. <laughs> it is great. <laughs> it's an awesome issue. <laughs> In the series 52, which was what, 2007, mm-hmm. 2008. Right. Uh, which also had involvement from Grant Morrison, among others, like Rucka, Greg Rucka, Mark Wade, and. Yeah. Jeff Johns was Jeff one of the other ones. Yeah. And in that, they they do use uh, Animal Man again and, and introduce something that would be very cool for him. I, I don't think it gets fully utilized, but they send him into space with Adam okay. Strange and Starfire in the series. Oh, that's right. Yeah, right. And like the, the seed of the idea there that's really cool is that now he's going to be in the field of alien animals. Mm-hmm. So he'd be utilizing powers for animals he's never seen before just because he's in right. proximity in space to them. Right. Which I thought was a, a great idea that doesn't get fully capitalized on, but it is, it's an excellent idea for the character. Yeah. Sure. That's no, a fun one. Jeff Lemire is a good pick, I think, for somebody to, to, to get a shot at it. But yeah, I don't remember why I never went along with it. It was just one of those that um, it didn't have a lot of buzz. Yeah. You know, for whatever reason. I've heard good things about it. My biggest thing was, like I said, I, I picked up the issue and whatever reason I just didn't I didn't like there was enough changes there was enough change with other new 52 stuff where I just wasn't willing to get on a board on board with something like Animal Man where I can point to a seminal run by Morrison and go like no I don't know if anyone's going to really do it better and I didn't care for the art of the costume so right that was my biggest my biggest problem with it no it's a good pick good pick Tommy all right who's up next I'll go next okay so I was looking through and I was looking at, and I don't even know if this is like a C-list or a D-lister, but mm-hmm. I was thinking of, um, there's a villain that I love at DC, and it doesn't get used enough because I think as the kids say, he's a little too OP. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I love the composite Superman. Uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> the composite so Batman the, Superman. Yeah, if you've ever yeah. seen him, he's, he, he's right down the middle. He's half Batman, half Superman, and he's got a green, like his, his flesh is green. And it's one of those things where I remember as a kid, I had picked up like a, like I'm talking like, like five or six, I got a Batman family and it had this backup story where it was, it was a reprint of his first appearance in world's finest. So you're talking like Superman, Batman and Robin are up going up against a composite Superman and he knows their identities and they can't figure out why. And like at every turn, you know, composite Superman is destroying stuff. And if you don't know, the composite Superman has all of like all of Superman's powers, all of Batman's like skill and detective work as well as all of the powers of the Legion of Superheroes. <laughs> right. Just because. 
Okay. Just because. Right. I mean, there's a reason. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's one of those scenes where he has like all of this stuff going on, and you know, it's 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 a situation where it, it, he, again, he's just he has so many things he can do. So he basically, man, I mean, he basically manhandles you know the world's finest team like it's nothing, and then sets himself up as basically going to be in charge. And and it's it was I, I'm pretty sure it's it's my first introduction to Legion as a concept because Legion's like hardly in the issue. Okay. And the way that he gets his powers is kind of silly. So, but as as a visual, I, I still you know I love the character. I think the character's great. And outside of some world's finest appearances, um, I think he makes a couple appearances in. Uh, there might have been one tenth by like Joe Kelly or Joe Casey to try and bring him back as like mm. a composite. It didn't really work out. It didn't have the same like the same feel, the same cachet. But I he makes one appearance outside of that stuff in the animated. It's in uh, yeah. What is Booster it? Gold. Uh, once in, Booster Gold. Yeah, the episode. Boost, the, um, yeah, the Just League Unlimited. Greatest, Gold greatest story never told. Yeah, yeah. where it's basically where basically more they're fighting Mordru off camera basically. And he basically, Mordu takes the, 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 the Trinity of Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman and smushes them all together. And they look like the opposite Superman and then it opens his mouth and he has Wonder Woman's voice. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. but yeah, I, I mean, like I said, to me, it was, it's, you know, you find out, I, I'll spoil it for you because it's, a, you know, at this point, I believe it's like a 60 year old story. But the composite Superman is, is just a guy, this guy, Joe, like his name is Joe Meach. And he's basically the janitor at a Superman museum. And there's a gift of, of statuettes from the future that's composed of this metal that gets struck by lightning mm-hmm. and it transfers all the powers of the... <laughs> What's funny about it is it's one of those predictive moments by the Legion where the, Legion's all, the Legion all had to sit for their portraits. Like basically like when we 3D scan um, actors for their action figures. Mm-hmm. It's the same sort of thing here where they get scanned and this machine somehow takes part of their image but at the same time takes some of their powers and transfers it into these statues. And long story short, like I said, it gets struck by lightning. He gains their powers. It's composite Batman Superman. I I'm convinced is dreamt up by like a seven year old. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know. Oh, what yeah. I, mean? I mean, again, again, it makes. I mean, it, it makes you know. It, on paper, it sounds insane, but the visual of him like turning invisible and reading their minds and throwing lightning bolts and heat vision and can stretch himself like you know like like. Uh, the elastic lead but somebody in the legion can shrink can grow mm-hmm. giant size. i mean there's all these he's got everything so for the two you know the three of them trying to find a way to outwit him was you know it was fun to read so okay that's my choice that's my d or c lister i would right. probably say he's closer <laughs> to a d lister right. but i'll go with the villain known as composite superman okay composite superman interesting interesting choice thanks uh all right clifton who do you got I like composite Joker Batman from the Prince video for Bat Dance. <laughs> sure, that's where that came from too. It's a, it's a very similar uh, design style. It's a good one. <laughs> if, if you're gonna go, yeah. go with a smile. Great guitar solo. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but for real, I'm sticking with another villain. Okay. And I'm going with Marvel villain. It's one. It's again. It's somebody who's gotten some play over the years, but then fades back into obscurity, and that is Arcade. Ah, uh, uh, okay. Like uh, you know, a lot arcade. of people, if you were an X Men fan in the '90s, you might be familiar with him because I think around then was when he was getting some play again. Mm-hmm. And he did just within the past few years as well after um, Jonathan Hickman's Secret War. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people describe him as as kind of uh, Marvel's Riddler in a way. Sure, uh, but he is basically just an assassin. But he's an assassin that's an evil genius and and torments his victims through these elaborate games that used to be presented as like giant board games or stuff like that. It's Murder World, right? Yeah, Murder World is always what he called his like amusement world, kind of like Running Man a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And and the introduction of Arcade and Murder World was in Marvel Team Up number 65. It's a great one. Which was Mm -hmm. by... um, Chris Claremont and John mm. Byrne. So they're the creators of Arcade. Yes. That issue was also the first American appearance of Captain Britain. Yes. Where he teamed up Spider-Man and they take on Arcade. And, and okay. then go into Murder World the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a great character. I always liked Arcade. I always thought he was a lot of fun. And it was there was one thing I liked was the uh, the the telltale sound. There was like a sound effect. Whenever mm-hmm. the, the, the heroes would get taken into like, a, it looked like a garbage truck, but it really wasn't a garbage truck. It was basically a means of conveyance to get the heroes to murder world. But there was always this like, 
noise. <laughs> that was that was a sound effect that you knew, like, oh wait a minute, that's not really a really real garbage truck in New York. It's mur- it's arcade. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, that was that. He's I know he was. I think he the last appearance that he had in Marvel was after Avengers Academy. It had something to do with the kids from Avengers Academy, and I want to say the Runaways. Okay. And, and basically, they, it was kind of a version of Murder World, but it was more like um, Battle Royale. Right. And it was one of the things where a lot of people were kind of pissed off because they didn't want to see characters that they loved. Oh, I remember. <laughs> it, that was the Dennis Hopeless book, right? Yeah. With like people the Battle like, Royale like symbol as its symbol, like the actual yes. symbol from the manga Battle Royale. Right. Yeah. It looked very, it was very much a rip from that. Yeah. That people were just kind of like, nope, don't want this. Right. Don't want to see my teenage heroes in this situation. I never read it, so I have no idea if it's good or not. But that was the last time I remember arcade being mentioned. Okay. Another thing about arcade that I always thought was funny was when Burn leaves Uncanny, there's a point with Doom where Doom is dealing with the X Men as well as Arcade, and at one point Arcade strikes a match on Doom's ch- uh, faceplate to light his cigarette, cigarette, <laughs> and John Burn was so mad about this. <laughs> that later on in Fantastic Four, there's a, there's an issue that's devoted just to Doom and Doom's talking, like basically checking in with his Doom bots, and he he notices that there's a scratch or something on the faceplate, and so he asks the robot to recount what happened, and Doom destroys the robot <laughs> <laughs> as a as a result because he basically the idea was it was never Doom to begin with, it was always a Doom bot, right? That, 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 okay, because because. Because Doom would never let Arcade strike a match on his face. Right. So he had to retcon it out of existence. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. I was almost oh. perplexed by the character Arcade, though. I mean, mm-hmm. I get that he's an assassin, but who's paying this man? Sadis? Yeah, but no. <laughs> but I, yeah, but the, I, I always wondered, whoever wanted, like, uh, the, the X-Men or whatever character or Spider-Man that he wanted dead, like, they never show who paid him to do it. Maybe I'm missing right. a step or something. That's why I always thought he'd just, uh, I'd rather him be the Riddler, just the kooky mm-hmm. uh, guy who wants to bring trouble to somebody he hates. But like, right. He started carrying grudges after a point. Mm. And then he was yeah. just wanting to torment people. I think a lot of it also is the fact that, you know, he had a reputation before that of being like, he basically got his, you know, he got his person, whoever he was supposed to get. And then, you know, you, you take on enough superheroes, you're not going to, they don't lose. So, therefore, he was, he basically was, his reputation started to suffer for the fact that he wasn't completing contracts, whoever he was being contracted for. Right. Okay. We have, we have a note from our engineer who said that Arcade was actually the main villain during a Spider-Man arc last year. So, 2019, where oh, he, yeah. helped, he helped Craven uh, take animal theme characters uh, on his hunt. So, ah, okay. yeah, that was part of the Nick Spencer. Yeah, run this is Nick Spencer's on. run. It sounds okay. like so. So I was going to say, I've never read an arcade comic in my life, but wow. that one I'll check out because I do like Nick Spencer Spider-Man stuff. I'm just, you know, as with all things, you know, I'm behind. Uh, sure. <laughs> yeah, that sounds cool. Fun choice, though. Yeah. Murder World was like an evil game show. Basically, it's like evil double dare. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's how he would kill people. I'm surprised that I'm surprised they never t- teamed up arcade with Mojo. I feel oh, like yeah. that had to have happened, especially like in the Alan Davis Claremont days. I'd be surprised if it didn't happen, but I mean, I could be wrong about that yeah. one, but I would think the idea of arc, you know, arcade being like, Hey, let's televise this. And Mojo being like, absolutely. Right. <laughs> let's do it. So yeah, it's a fun I think team up. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a good idea. So let me write that one. Right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> throw, throw in the X babies. Cause of course you got to. Yes. All right. So I'm going to do um she's she's a little known to people outside of comics now but not for too much longer and I'm going to say Kate Bishop who is the second Hawkeye. Uh Okay. I absolutely love this character and I think everybody else is going to love this character too once the Hawkeye show comes out uh whenever 2022, right. 2023, whatever that's going to be but like uh what I love about her is I first encountered her in the uh, in the Matt Fraction Hawkeye run, and what's mm. so cool about her to me is that like she she uh, she has a camaraderie with Hawkeye as her mentor, the Cliff Barton Hawkeye, uh, 
and at the same time, she looks at him as kind of like like he's kind of a screw up and kind of a failure and this and that and everything. But what I love about her is that like she's every bit like him in every way. Also, okay, <laughs> it just doesn't see it, you know. Um, the Kelly Thompson run that uh, Kate, that Marvel put out, uh, I think it was part of Marvel Now. I want to say mm. that's a really really great book, especially because uh, that's when she goes to L.A. and becomes a private eye. And so, so it is hmm. flexing some cool, like, you know, Philip Marlowe muscles as well. And the art's amazing. Uh, okay. Artists are Leonardo Romero. David Aja on the Fraction Run. Yeah, yeah, David Aja on the Fraction Run. And then, and then the Kelly Thompson run was, was Leonardo Romero and, and Julian uh, Totino Tetsako. I'm going to, I'm saying that wrong, but sorry. But yeah, no, she's, uh, she's an awesome character. I love her. Yeah, I read her in Young Avengers, and then I read her some in the Matt Fraction um, Hawkeye book, both of which I like a lot. Young Avengers is pretty great with the um, Alan Heinberg, right? It's the writer. Hmm. Chong is Chung the Arts. Yeah, that's who it is. Thank you, Clifton. I couldn't remember. But yeah, it's a great. Both of those books are good. There's a lot of fun. If you like Hawkeye at all, um, you know, I look forward to the Hawkeye series whenever it comes out, and the two of them together, I think it should be cool. Yeah. Also, the idea that. Um, She's relatively new also, right? Like she, oh, yeah. she's oh, yeah. like, what year would you, if you had to guess, what year would you, would you say? Uh, early 2000. Yeah. If I had to guess for sure, I'd say early 2000s is when she first appears. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the Young Avengers series from Ellen Heinberg and Jim Chung started in 2005. Okay. I think. Yeah. So that's where she first appears with like the Iron Lad and uh, what was it? Patriot and Hulkling. And, and Wiccan. Right. And Wiccan and Speed. Yeah, all those all those characters, which I think we're going to get a heavy dose of if we ever get any more Marvel stuff. Whenever mm-hmm. we get around to having those again, I think we'll have a fair amount of those There's rumors that we're going to get. Yeah, they seem to be sneaking a few characters in at a time because mm-hmm. grown-up Cassie could be somebody. Right. Yep. Yep. All those kids are supposedly supposed to be introducing a lot of the Marvel TV stuff, but we'll see. We yeah, seen exactly. Yet, so she so. could, I mean, she could end up being a really important character down the line, I think. Oh, yeah um for sure i mean yeah i mean so we we see cassie grown up uh in in what is that end game and yeah right yeah yeah but uh yeah kate bishop's great check out check out the kelly thompson run i love it one of the best things i read last year cool yeah so who went first tommy you're up oh well <laughs> i'm sorry for this clifton because i recently was aware of how much you love this character so I'm sure at one point probably made it. Well, it probably wouldn't make it on your list because you much love the character. <laughs> but I was weirded out researching this topic, and it just blew me away because the more I thought about it, the more weirder it got. And that person mm-hmm. is Moon Knight. Okay. Ah. Which is essentially um, Batman dressed in white. I right. mean, he has the resources. <laughs> right. He has the visage. He's cool. He's a detective world-class fighter, an official Avenger, and his personality disorder makes him that much more interesting. And then on top of that, he has like Egyptian history linked to his character as well. No matter what they give this character, it doesn't pop. Um, (laughs) Right. They give him everything, you know, except the kitchen sink. But for some reason, it just doesn't spark the love given to the, um, Many facets of this character. Mm. I, I, I'm, I'm. It's insane how much they've made this character to be bigger, but yet, however, it's just what five feet from stardom, right? right. No, yeah, yeah. I, I, I was gonna say, I think, I think this character's time is coming too. I think, I, I yeah. think we're very close. Well, there's a Disney Plus show in the works, so yeah. more people could know. He had a fairly big following at the time in the late seventies, early eighties. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. but that was that was his heyday and then after that like he'd pop up and and the comics would sell but it was never it was never a list and there's an interesting story i heard um bill Sienkiewicz tell last year um when he was at new york comic-con because he talked about his career started by him emulating neil adams when he was a young artist starting out mm-hmm. and like it, it's just it's just who he who he emulated. It was the artist he loved, and and when he went to Marvel, and they were like, oh, like you draw like Neil Adams, like we got we got this character. We want to make like Batman. We're gonna put you on it because you can draw like Neil Adams. And this was right after 
the Neil Adams, Denny O'Neill, Batman run of the 70s. Mm-hmm. And so that's how he got being the artist on, on Moon Knight. But then if you follow the art of Bill Sienkiewicz, you know his art evolved very quickly to not be right. Neil Adams' art. Right. No. So they put no, him on thinking he was going to be Neil Adams. And, and like he was kind of Neil Adams for a time before he started evolving into his own thing and, and just goes off in this this whole other direction and and like it really plays with the the schizophrenia of moon Knight. like his style is is so good and it's and that's where i think they kind of diverted from just being a batman clone i am amazed by how popular this character gets considering not much is done with him all that often right like 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 you said clifton like he kind of he comes in ebbs and flows right like he springs up every once in a while. Like for me, like he was a trading card. Like, mm. like I had never <laughs> right. in the nineties, right. I had never seen a Moon Knight comic book. Right? right. Like on the stands ever, anything. He was just a he was just, you know, a cool looking character. But but I remember like um I guess I guess it was 2014, 2015 when he got his own title and everything. Like I'm I'm shocked how big a following he has online sometimes. Yeah. And you're talking about the the Warren Ellis. Declan Shalvey run. Yeah, Warren Ellis. Uh, yeah. And then uh, did Brian Wood take over? I think so. After, yeah. Where they put him in a suit. Yeah, they put him in an all yeah. white suit, white mask. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And white, long white limo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, for me, it was, he was much more of a straight up like superhero. And then I, got, I learned more about him as time went on. He's, <clears throat> he was first introduced like when, when Tommy was saying the thing about him being Avenger. You, I first ran into him in, in West Coast Avengers. During the the Avengers travel through time, it's called the Cross Time Caper, and the Avengers end up in Egypt. And I say the Avengers, it's like Iron Man and Hawkeye and Wonder Man, Mockingbird, Tigra, you know, all that group from them. That those those characters, the B team back then. Basically, right. yeah, they were the B team, but they end up in ancient Egypt, and they and they get scattered. But there's a point where they need help, and they have to base. They basically are in the time of Ramatut, and it's kind of a. Or they're in there around the time of when the Fantastic Four is there as well as when Doctor Strange goes to that time. But they have to basically get a message back to the future. And and part of it has to do with Moon Knight and part of it has to do with Conchu, the 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 god that he's tied to. Right. Who saved his life I, in the desert when right. he was a mercenary. Yeah. There's also a story that's fairly recent. Well, it's not recent, but it's in like a, I think it's Marvel team up. There's a weird story about Moon Knight where Moon Knight gets stuck in a water tower. <laughs> and can't get out like it's empty but he can't it's like in your and he you know in the heat and he can't and it's very bizarre because i thought of all the stuff that are you know uh, it, it just almost seemed like the person who i can't remember who wrote it i can't remember what issue it is we have to look it up but it's almost it, it seemed for a character that, that the, the stuff that i had seen and knew about because i remember there was a baxter series with moon knight that i read also but i can't again i, I can't remember the writer or the artist on it but it was like early i say early 90s so the whole but, um, issue, he's like, he's like just in an empty water tower, like trying to get out. It starts off with like, he gets, okay. yeah, basically. And then the whole issue is him struggling to get out of this water tower. <laughs> this sounds and, cool. And, like I'm laughing, but, but like, I want to check it out. <laughs> so, uh, so we'll have to look it up and if I can find it, we'll put it in the, we'll put it in the comments, but yeah, it was just a bizarre, like I, it yeah, just seemed very, it'll be in the notes. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it seemed very disrespectful to a character that had a pretty good following and it was pretty popular. I never really understood why he would have been this water tower stuck, you know. <laughs> so that's that's my bit with Moon Knight. I've always liked the character. Did John Byrne write this? <laughs> no, I don't think he did. Okay, but I think, but I'm I'm with everyone else. I think he's a character that that for whatever reason just can't, you know, can't get a, a, a proper break or can't get a proper push or whatever. Mm-hmm. And even like even in the early again in the early nineties, there was the the. There was a push with Moon Knight with a Steve. I think it was Stephen Platt was the artist, right? Yeah, and people mm-hmm. and people went crazy for that book because of the art and like it was like you know like anything in comics where it was overinflated the price wise. Books were going you know we're getting on the stands and going for two days later going for eighteen to twenty bucks and it was just ridiculous. But I think the character himself has so much that that he could draw from from whether it's Egyptian history and I think right now I I'm pretty sure within the last year or so that Jason Aaron in Avengers has done a fair amount with. Um, with Moon Knight, but I haven't, I haven't read them, so I don't know for sure, but I keep seeing like, you know, the Fist of Conchu, which is Moon Knight mentioned. So, you know, have to check those out. But yeah, Moon Knight's a good choice. I like Moon Knight. Yeah. His time's coming. Like, mm-hmm. 
like I said, like, you know, he's, he's, he's popular, you know, he, you know, he's, he's got a, a loud following, I'll say, mm-hmm. at least. Right. So, um, and with the show coming. Well, Frank, what you referred to earlier was Power Man and Iron Fist number 87. That's it. Thank in which, you, uh, Moon Knight was on the trail of a criminal named Al Jordan. Al Jordan, uh, was fleeing to the top of the building on top of a water tower. They struggle and both go tumbling into the water tower. The problem is that Moon Knight wakes up at the bottom of the water tower and he's severely injured his knee and shoulder, unable to jump and climb his way out of this trap. Right. Okay. And that's the setup for um, a Power Man and Iron Fist situation. Gotcha. There I we think go. that that's sounds really cool. Was. I say that unironically completely. Like, I actually think that sounds <laughs> like a cool story. Yeah, it was one of those, like I said, it just was, it just seemed, it seemed very much at the time when I read it. I think I might have written a collection of Power Man and Iron Fist stuff. And I thought, well, that's just. I just thought it was odd. It's not. It's one of those stories that it, I think was trying to go a little too realistic, and I don't know if it. it, it maybe it was just me. It didn't. Uh, it didn't land properly. Mm. Yeah, I agree. So. It didn't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Frank, you're up next. So my next one's kind of an odd choice, much like my first one. But um, I was kind of uh, of of thinking about characters and, and thinking about characters I like and thinking about. Characters that basically got propelled, like at one point they weren't that big a deal and all of a sudden they took off. And the character that I thought about was Deadpool and I'm not choosing Deadpool, but <laughs> okay. because obviously Deadpool is, you know, wildly popular because of the Ryan Reynolds movies and the comics and everything. And, you know, you throw a rock and you can't not find a Deadpool series out someplace. Right. But I was thinking about characters that might have, you know, that if, if given the right push, were pretty similar. Mm. So I started thinking about ambush bug. Oh at DC. my god! I was nervous <laughs> the whole time you were saying it. <laughs> because honestly, with with breaking the fourth wall and and, and basically kind of being a, a, almost like a Bugs Bunny character, ambush bug fits that mold long before Deadpool does. Ah, uh, yes, he does. Sorry, dude. No, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but ambush bug is one of those characters that that you know, debuts back in 82 in DC Comics Presents number 52. And he's kind of pushed as like a, a sort of a serious, not real serious threat as a villain. Um, he's, and he kind of like, his basic deal is, is if he releases these bugs and then is able to teleport wherever they are. That's basically his shtick. Mm-hmm. So at first he's kind of, like I said, it's kind of a serious, you know, I think it's the, the issue itself is um, Superman and, Cobra or Superman? Let me see. Superman the Doom Patrol. Superman the Doom Patrol. But like I said, he's, yeah, it's Doom Patrol, the the newer Doom Patrol. But he's kind of pushed as like this, you know, semi threat. And then the next time he appears, he's got this new personality, and I believe it's it's Superman in the um the Legion of Substitute Heroes. Mm-hmm. And he gets he gets thrown in the future and has to you know basically deal with with them and and with Superman. And it's almost a moment where, like, the, the worry is he's going to find out Superman's identity, and he's much more of a, of much more of the character we know him after that point. So it's kind of a weird diversion where he basically makes that change off camera someplace. I mean, it's not even played like he's like like Joker crazy. It's just sort of like you know he just sort of takes the piss out of everybody. Right. So I, I and then and again I was thinking about it outside of say, the the comics. What do we get him in Brave and the Bold, the, the animated? Yeah. So that, that that's why he was on my list, right? Because okay. like he was he's a character that like admittedly I don't know a whole lot about, but like I first encountered him in that Brave and the Bold episode. He's in the series finale, an episode called Mightfall. And it's mm-hmm. one of my favorite half hours of television ever. Yeah. Like it's, it's good uh, if you're a TV fan and like you know like the tropes, like the jump the shark tropes and stuff like that and everything, it is it is so the episode for you. And I just like that. Like, like, just it's a really unique story and just a really fun way for the, for that series, if you know what that show was like, to end. But I remember, but I was like, what is this character like? Mm-hmm. Like, like I, I remember being a little stunned that he was actually from something, right? Right, and and you were telling me like, no, no, no there's comics <laughs> with him. I was yeah, like, what he, is this I mean, character? He, it's kind of like I mean, Giffen, Keith Giffen takes him, you know, basically takes him under his wing, and basically like the Legion substitute issue, the substitute heroes issue of DC Comics presents. I think it's like number what eighty two. I think. Let me look real quick. But it basically it's it's. I know you loaned it to me years ago. Oh, it's fifty nine. It's actually earlier <laughs> than I thought. But yeah, it's you've read it. It's yeah. a great issue. To, you know, it's it's him goofing around. There's 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 the whole bit with the the substitute heroes. Um, yeah, it, it's basically he just he's Deadpool long before Deadpool without all the murder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> basically. 
you know, he has a couple of miniseries that Giffen does. There's a couple of one shots after that where he basically, you know, does all the stuff that Deadpool does now, like traveling the multiverse and traveling the, the DC universe and talks to the I audience, mean, like knows, oh, yeah. he knows he's a comic character, that sort yeah, of bro- stuff. Yeah. Yep. Breaks the fourth wall all the time. All that stuff that Deadpool does now is totally what Ambush Bug did, you know, 20, 30 years ago. So, yeah. you know, I think it's just, one, I don't know what you would do with him, but I think you could have a lot of fun with the character. I don't know how DC would 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 take him out of the books, other than maybe something animated. But I think right. I would love to see Ambush Bug outside of the books, and I think, you know, as a C or D quote unquote list list character, he's one of my favorites. Yeah, no, he's a fun character. You need somebody with a fun take. I yes. think you know somebody who really loves mm-hmm. it. But no, I mean that Brave and the Bold episode is 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 a you know is a nice introduction to him, voiced yeah. by Henry Winkler, <laughs> Fonzie. Yeah, at one point. <laughs> I think when the one of the last places that I know of he showed up in the DCU is, but I think it's before 52 and flashpoint. He is uh, a bartender on the Island where the doom patrols headquarters is. If I remember correctly, that's what his job was at the time. Mm-hmm. So, but again, it's a while ago. We're talking, you know, a good 10 years ago. So I'm not sure if anyone's done anything with Amish bug in quite some time, but right. I think they should. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right, Clifton, who you got? I'm going to go with a childhood favorite, and that is Firestar. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Most will know from Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Yeah, absolutely. That's where she was originated. She was originated for that show before she ever made it into the comics and was presented in that show as a mutant and former member of the X-Men. Okay. And uh, her name is Angelica Jones. Mm-hmm. She basically has fire powers. I mean, they're similar to human torches, I guess. <laughs> she mm. can shoot fire blasts. She can fly. She can generate flames. Pretty much all of that. And then later did appear in the comics, was introduced as a character in the New Warriors comic book in the, what was that, late 80s, if not 1990, mm-hmm. sometime around that time period. Right. And and then, oh, she did have, before she was in New Warriors, she did have a four-issue comic book miniseries of her own in the in the mid 80s at marvel but has never like pops up every once in a while and and just has never used that much but i've always liked the character Mm. and always felt like they could do more with her especially with the x-men where you can always have you know you can never have enough (laughs) x-men so right right just throw her in there too why not yeah when we were doing we did the shorty we did our short episode on uh the the five X Men team. She was definitely a part of my team. Yeah, she's a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was one of those ones that I thought that would be a great addition. I think again, I agree with Clifton that they don't do enough with her. I think visually and from a nostalgia standpoint, she's really just not utilized. Um, Kurt Busiek put her on his '90s Avengers team. Okay, okay. And she was there. She and um, uh, Vance Astro or Vance Astrovic. Justice. Right. They kind of they yeah. kind of graduate from New Warriors into being a, like like almost probation like junior Avengers, but the, you know they're on missions and they do all sorts of stuff. So she's in that book for a while, but beyond that, they really haven't done like any more than like one shots here and there with her. Yeah, yeah. No, she's she's a character. Another one I don't have a whole lot of interaction with in her because I I was uh, I was a little young for for Spider Man and his amazing friends, uh, which I've caught here and there though. She's a cool character. Does she is is Iceman a requirement for her? Is there like uh, uh, something about like the fire and ice playing off of each other? Is there something about their relationship that works that gels, or or does she exist perfectly fine without him? You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Like right? No, I think I think you don't need. I don't think necessarily you need him. I think it's right. kind of. I think they did okay. it. I think they did it for the show just to balance it out, and they needed a girl character, right? You know, they needed someone female. But I've seen, I've also seen like production stuff where at one point she was called Heat Wave. Got it. Okay. And from a, and from a production standpoint, she looked a lot more like a, 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 a less redheaded uh, Mary Jane. That was kind of the design. Right. And then they, then they switched it up for more, to give her more of a distinctive look. So. Okay. Yeah. I just didn't know if they were like a package deal. Like, like if they were like Rocksteady Bebop. You know what I mean? Like you gotta, <laughs> you gotta have them together. It's like, <laughs> like, like that, that, that's the fan expectation. I mean. You know, well, I mean, again, a lot of it has been, you know, I know from the stuff that I've seen is a lot of times it's, it's, they'll pair them up. I think they paired them up in like Ultimate Spider-Man. There was a version with Firestar and Iceman and 
you know, Spider-Man. And then I think there's been stuff within regular continuity of the three of them getting together. But other than the basis of the car- the cartoon, there's not really anything in the books. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think you have to have it. I think it's just that I think it's a nostalgia thing. Okay. So. Very cool. All right. Well, so uh, you took my number two, Frank. I'm sorry. Uh, it's tough being on the <laughs> receiving end of this. Now I know how you guys feel. <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah. I'm going to attempt to go just off the top of my head. We'll see what happens. I'm going to, I'm going to say our man. Okay. <laughs> right. Um, right. This is uh for me, this is uh, like, like I'm, I'm attached to the concept more than I am. Like, like the character specifically, like who's in the mat, like who's under the mask. You know okay. what I mean? Is it Rex Tyler? Is that. Yeah, there's Rex and there's yeah. Rick, and and then there was the 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 android. It's just so. what it's one of those things. So basically, the idea is that so he's a superhero, but uh, he gets powers from taking a pill, drugs, and his powers are only good for an hour. Right, correct, right. <laughs> and um, uh, we're gonna bring up Solo over here. So uh, so uh, Mike <laughs> Allred's Solo has a really really great fun Hour Man story that I think we've talked about. Clifton, I know you've brought it up. Uh, in a couple places in our very first episode. Yeah. Where it's, yeah. uh, you know, our man basically like, like he thinks somebody's in trouble. He takes the pill and then it ends up being, you know, like it's a tickle fight that he's hearing. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. It was not a crime. Yeah. It's, 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 it's nothing going on. It's always like, I got an hour to burn off my powers. Isn't, isn't there like a scene of him holding up somebody's car while they're changing the tire yeah, or something? He's just doing yeah. anything. <laughs> yeah. Right. That it's is a good such one. a fun issue. But no, I think he's a really fun character. Just the concept is, is I think, lends itself to, to get played with in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I, li- I like the character, too. I think it's one of those things where I remember reading those old team-ups between the JLA and the JSA, and there just was no analog for our man. He was kind of like his own thing. There was no, you know, Earth One or Earth Two, or in this case, it would have been Earth One counterpart for him, like some of the other heroes. Mm. And the idea that, like you said, he's he's got to pop a pill in order to get to to get the to get the job done. <laughs> it's kind of it's it's a funny thing to look at. I you know when 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 they did Infinity Inc. and they brought in his son Rick. Rick was kind of like, um, it's around the time of like just say no, mm. you know, and drugs, drug all drugs are bad. So therefore, you know, this this is we have to examine. What, you know what it means is he addicted to being our man he's addicted to the pills and that kind of takes a lot of the you know the wonderment and fun out of it right, right. but i think if you if you if you treat it as such you could basically get back to the, the original concept and not have it be such a bummer yeah they did that with the super soldier serum and cap at the same time too <laughs> right like is cap basically just on steroids <laughs> yes i remember that too yeah it's around the same time i think of the same the, the, yeah, those stories are, it was those are just around the same time of each other but yeah, Rick Tyler, that version of Our Man is the one that's presented on the current TV show Stargirl. Ah, uh, okay. Okay, Very good. Yeah. Rex Tyler as well, but both of them. And okay. Rick okay. Tyler is the one we follow on the show. Gotcha. JSA getting a push. Yeah. They're focusing on JSA. Very cool. Very cool. All right. So, so our last round really quick. So, Tommy, who's your last one? Um, Again, <laughs> so many to choose from. I was going to go with Firestorm. But um, okay. I feel like every, anytime you need a nuclear disaster, a Chernobyl-like event, they bring <laughs> yeah. him in and then they'll kill him then and he'll mess up everything up and everybody has to help. So <laughs> he's like a weird villainous uh, character. I mean, not to say he's a villain per se, but mm-hmm. whenever they need to bring him back is because they want things to get messed up and he's a part right. of it. So I went with the Wasp. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, the Wasp has been the longest chairperson in the Avengers. Second only to Cap. Yeah. She's gone through so many costumes, um, events as far as her um, husband's concerned, and come mm-hmm. out under his shadow to be a better person. Yeah. But yet, yeah. But yet however, she shunts it to the side in order to... Um, Make Ant Man or Giant Man or Yellow Jacket or just Henry Pym a better character. Mm-hmm. She's proven herself time and time again. She's part of cosmic events in which she's changed things, or maybe her leadership is what brings people out. She's reformed a team on countless occasions. But yet, I ever, even though I'm the cinematic universe, look at her as a um, casual person. And, even, and it's crazy because even in the cinematic universe, she's smarter than the current person who is Ant Man. But yet, however, <laughs> right. 
she's still not enough to take center stage. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, she has all the potential of a, a a great pivotal female character within the Marvel universe, yeah. but she's so yes. much more capable than Ant Man. She's in the movies. so <laughs> much more capable than yeah. yeah. Even she's had the powers longer. Mm-hmm. Um, she flies. She doesn't she's need a better assistant. fighter. She's yeah. Yeah, everything yeah. about her is amazing, you know. Yeah, and then and then she still gets second, if not third, billing. Yeah, right. You know, um, yeah, I go with the Wasp, Jennifer Van Dyne, easily. Yeah, yeah, it's a good choice. It is. A good I one. mean, they did. They, I was gonna say, she didn't really have like her own book. I mean, the only Wasp, like I think Wasp book there's been has been um, either she's been teamed up with Ant Man or like you said, Giant Man or whatever. Until until very recently, yeah. Until very right. very the, recently. The wondrous wasp, but that's the that's Hank Pym's daughter. That's not mm-hmm. that's the daughter that he had with the with his first wife. So that's not even the same. It's not even Jan. So I I, it's, I think it's a really good choice, Tommy. The fact that um, I've been reading some of the old Roger Stern like '80s Avengers, and it, she's the chairperson then, and and it's one of those things where it's interesting to watch after the aftermath of all this stuff because right after the trial of Yellow Jacket and that whole thing, where um, basically Hank is getting kicked out of the Avengers for a lot of things for just making some bad choices he's having a lot of issues he gets he gets physically violent with her and then uh tries to basically build a robot to attack the 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 his his hearing with the avengers and then basically has she saves him and then he ends up he ends up going to jail because it looks like he's he's conspired with egghead the villain to um i think to like do something else to like commit a crime or something but it's interesting to see like that for her to come out of that and she's still like the, this rock that everybody turns to and she's in charge and she's leading the Avengers. So yeah, I think it's a really, really good choice. Yeah. They even go as far as to imprint her thoughts into Jocasta, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. essentially, a, 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 if you're talking about as far as uh robots concerned, a female vision. Yeah. Basically. And even as a female vision, who the, uh, Zach, do you know who Jocasta is? Uh, I, I know, I know the idea of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but that's <laughs> yeah. my point. They, even as a um, caricature of her, they still don't push her forward, even as, as you know, make her a super strong intergalactic robot. Nope, not yeah. enough. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a good choice. It's fun. Yeah, I like it. All right, Frank, who's your last one? The last one I was thinking, I was trying to think of villains that I think deserve a better push that should have gotten more, more, we should have seen more of them. They're kind of, kind of out there and then one note and then it's over. I always liked the Absorbing Man, Crusher Creel. Okay. I thought it was one of those things where Especially in where he first appears, he appears in, in in Thor. The idea that Thor is fighting basically a guy, you know, a guy with a wrecking ball or a, or a ball on a chain, and then he gets powers and is able to absorb whatever he touches would have been cool to see in a Thor movie. And I think the best that we got out of him being live action was he is in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, season two opener. Okay. Yeah. I mean, which was fine, but it's not the same thing as like seeing him as a major Thor villain like he should have been. Right. Yeah. Or but fighting I think the Hulk bitch, or something. Yeah, yeah, or fighting the Hulk. Or I mean, he t- at one point in in um in the in the, again in the eighties with uh I think it's David uh, Michelini and with I think Burns on the issue. It's the, a couple issues. He takes on the entire v- Avengers. I, I think there's plenty of things you could do with this character, and because he's not the smartest, you know, tool in the shed, he doesn't get pushed that much. I think you know, I think there's some good stuff that you could do with him from from a standpoint of being a villain. But generally, he's regulated to be in like a threat for an issue or two, and then he goes away. So he seems to be one that's uh, to me sort of like like uh, the Superman uh, bad guy parasite. Where like like there's the potentiality for him to be super powered up and right. to be kind of a bigger threat than he is. But um, yeah, he screams like such a perfect like like first act like opening James Bond fight for an Avengers yeah. movie, right? Like <laughs> sure, yeah. Yeah, like like like, I think like I just, the Batroc fight in in Winter Soldier, like he's so perfect for for like that type of scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think I don't know if you could make an entire. I mean, that thing about him is, I think is, you know, there's not a lot of like, there's nothing to really hang on him. I think from like a, an emotional standpoint, and anything that you do hang on him would be kind of forced. Mm-hmm. But I I think it's one of those things where it, it, the only place I think you might see him is depending what they do with uh, She Hulk. Because She Hulk is, is is known for fighting, was it uh, Titania? Mm, right. From from she first appears in Secret Wars, and then they get together, and they're a, they're a villainous couple for a long, long time. So it might be one of those things where they, you know, they might bring him back, or they might uh, 
recast him as a different, you know, a different actor or whatever. But it's one of those things where that's the only place I think he might pop up. I, I would love to see him in Avengers Open. I think that would be really cool as well. But I'm not holding my breath. But I've always liked the character. I've always liked the visual. So yeah, he's a fun visual. It'd mm-hmm. be cool for like Michael Chiklis <laughs> or somebody. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, it's just off the top of my head. Anyway, right. Clifton, your turn. Uh, I'm going to go with a character that's visually a little similar to uh, Absorbing Man, uh, but I'm going with a DC character now instead of my others have been Marvel characters, and this is Metamorpho. Okay, ah, nice. Who is a uh, Silver Age character from DC Comics. First appeared in The Brave and the Bold, number 57, back in 1965. Mm. And um, he was a adventurer of sorts he was like a, he was like a celebrity in his day of of known for doing stunts and 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 going on adventures like indiana jones style adventures and and was famous for it as is in his normal identity which is um rex mason mm-hmm. and then gets double crossed when he's basically discovering somebody's like some ancient tombs jewels and gets double crossed where somebody, his employer, who's also the father of his girlfriend. Right. Simon, Simon Stag. If I remember right, double crosses him and leaves him for dead after stealing the jewels that he finds in the tomb. But the tomb is magic and conveys on him the power of the elements. So after that, he survives and has basically elemental control for all different sorts of elements. Right. Mm. He's an awesome visual. I, and I remember Clifton, you were like, you went through like a metamorpho phase. Yeah, I was reading a couple of years ago <laughs> where you were telling me like the action's like really cool in the Silver Age stuff. Yeah, like he jumps yeah. out of a plane into a speeding car in his first appearance <laughs> when he's still a human. It sounds awesome. It's so great. Yeah, they were over the top action for a while. And then like the like, ideas were just crazy. Everything they presented was so crazy in those early books. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't read as I haven't read as many of his early appearances, but I read him like in an Outsiders, and I read him um, what's another? Well, he was in like Justice League Europe. I've always loved the character. Mm. I think the character, like you said, visually is really strong. Yeah. Um, but I think it's one of those things where um, I'm trying to think outside of. I mean, he's in Justice League, right? We get the two parter where he's he's friends with uh, John Stewart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he becomes Metamorpho, and then he's in the Bat. Is it the Batman? He's in. He's he's in. So many cartoons and yet still is like really unknown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did he make it into Beware the Batman? Because they were setting up a lot of outsider stuff in that. Yeah. He's in Beware the Batman. He's in Young That's Justice now. Of. That's what I'm thinking of. Uh, he was in Brave and the Bold. Mm-hmm. Also, like, I mean, he he's popped up a couple of times here and there. And yet it's and yet every time I see him, it's like it's like I've forgotten about him completely right. <laughs> before. I'm like, Oh, yeah. Like metamorphos a thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> young justice a fun a fun take too where yes you know it's it's a play on him and yet also they 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 get you the 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 real like classic take in the same time like all in the same episode they get like a little yeah. nod to it it's cool but yeah good pick i like metamorpho so uh going with the the adventurer theme uh i'm kind of in the similar vein but not one person they're separate people I'm going to say the challengers of the unknown. Ah, see, they were, they were on my list at one point too. So oh, really? Yes. I again, like our man, it's, it's a, like, this is a concept for me, which I love like more than, more mm-hmm. than any, any of the characters themselves. Um, but basically they're a group of adventurers. So you have like, you know, Ace Morgan's like the, the, the test pilot, you know, and um, Professor Haley's like the brains of the operation and everything. And then you have Rocky, who's the, you know, and a couple, he's depicted it differently in a few versions. Like he's traditionally like a boxer, right? Mm-hmm. But he's also, but in some cases, some versions, he's been like a triathlete. He's been like, you know, a wrestler or stuff like that. And then, right. uh, and then there's, um, uh, like, you know, his name, Red, Red, Red yes, Ryan, Red. right? And, uh, and he's sort of like, like the Super Dave, like stuntman, right? Like the <laughs> evil Knievel. And what I love about um, the concept is that, like, it's really flexible, right? And 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 the unknown, like, the goalpost for that will always move as technology advances and as science advances and stuff like that. So, like, so there's always to be stories to be told with them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so I just really like that. And like, there's more mysteries to be done, like as, as we make new discoveries in physics and stuff like that, but they can also sort of be like whoever, like they don't necessarily have to be those characters. You can, you can kind of plug in anybody who has like a skill Mm -hmm. into that world, you know? Yeah. I've always liked Again, I've always liked this concept as well. I always like to have a soft spot for the challenges and the unknown. Uh, but yeah, they were they almost made my list. It was one of the things where I was thinking of just characters that I thought deserve a bigger push. But I think it's it's I think you need somebody who they because again they're another one that have had numerous attempts at trying to recapture what was popular about them in say like the fifties. Yeah, yeah, but very recently. Of, yeah, Snyder Scott Snyder did a a mini series which oh, which I was very excited about. I, I um, you know he. Snyder's not necessarily like like a, a box office draw for me in every case, uh-huh. but but you know I like sort of like his horror books and stuff like that, and um, mm-hmm. and so I thought like this was gonna be kind of a fun book for for him. I I've read the first issue and and he put weight on sort of like the the idea of like borrow time, okay, right? You know what I mean? So um, so basically like the setup for the original Challenges of the Unknown is that like they all survive like a pl- a plane crash together right and then then it's the idea that like that we were supposed to die mm-hmm. in this plane crash and we're all on borrowed time what are we going to do with that time and we're going to like help the world save the world humanity all that stuff right and so snyder like really like literalized the borrowed mm-hmm. time right. aspect of it which for me the anchor is always like they're adventurers but like to him right. it was it was like literally like like they they had almost like a life bar on yeah, their they, watch they were on a clock they were on like yeah. a literal clock yeah they, they had a spawn they had a spawn clock <laughs> yeah that was counting down to something yeah. yeah okay i mean i like i mean to me they're like they're they're precursors of the fantastic four because isn't, isn't kirby on some of those books beforehand yeah yeah he is. so they're kind and it's kind of like big they're fighting big monsters and aliens and all that stuff and i think i think from the standpoint of if you found someone with with a good enough take that that embraced that and said you know we we, we shouldn't we shouldn't just because we're so smart in, in, in this in the time that we live that there can't be all these amazing, fantastic things that they went after in the 50s. You know, I still to this day rue the fact that I mean, other than the fact that, that that Moore left D.C. and there's a lot of stuff on his plate. One of the concepts that he had and one of the books that he was going to do was Challengers of the Unknown. Oh, oh and Frank, you just broke the, my heart. Oh, my God. That would I know. be so well, awesome. Joe, you know, we can, we can commiserate together because that's one of the ones like on his short list of like you know, an editor was like, well, what books do you want to do? And the other one that kills me is Martian Manhunter because I would have killed him, <laughs> you know, to be able to point to an Alan, to an Alan Moore Martian Manhunter book. But the other one was Challenges of the Unknown. So I've always wondered what Moore would plan to do with it. But I think the idea that Moore would have or, you know, Moore would have taken the idea of, you know, 50s monsters and, and what they, you know, what they might have represented. And, and turn it on its head, it would have been amazing, but we don't, we'll never know. Yeah. I, I'm also a fan. I know some people don't like the, 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 the lobe and sale, uh, reboot, mm-hmm. the soft reboot that didn't really go anywhere. I love it. I was going to say it's good. So I, I think, so if you don't know the challenges of the unknown, I would, uh, the two recommendations I would, I would say is like read new frontier, Darwin cooks, new frontier, because that's like, mm-hmm. it's classic. Uh, and one of the best versions of the challengers when they, when they pop up and they're in, and they're in, you know, uh, a good amount of it. Um, right. But if you want to see also how flexible the idea can become, Loeb and Sale, it was uh, Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale was their first collaboration together before they did Long Halloween and, and you yeah. know, the, the stuff that they're known for. And that's really where they, they take the idea and really turn it on its side. And that I lo- what I love about it most is the fact that it's just, if they go all the, they manage to make every one of those characters go through such a transformation. And that's really not something, it's not easy to do. A lot of times people attempt it, and they get close or some of the stuff falls flat. But with that particular miniseries, I think all those, the childs, they all go through stuff. And, and, and basically, they're, they're, com- they're almost completely different characters on the other side yeah. of the book, which yeah, I love. It's a good one. So. It's called Challengers of the Unknown Must Die. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's great. It's an awesome title, too. Yeah. A lot of fun. So. All right. So that's everybody's uh, lesser known. So to, to wrap up then. So what's a character that we think, I, I guess, is a little uh, oversaturated? with right that gets a little little overexposed sometimes we could use a break a bit i know i'm gonna get hate for this one just because it's a beloved character that's up and coming mm-hmm. quite similar to kate bishop and your love for it mm-hmm. but i'm good with um squirrel girl 
Okay. <laughs> I mean, I didn't need her beating everybody upon creation in order to prove that she's a worthy person <laughs> in the Marvel yeah. universe. I, right. The fact that she exists is, is good enough for me. It's almost like seeing, um, I guess, various. Uh, I'm trying to think of a. It's like seeing Doug Ramsey in every incarnation or every, <laughs> you know, Marvel universe group that you can imagine. I mean, I get mm-hmm. it. I, I understand what she represents, but just the right. flower and everything is insane. Just because right. of her, because of her love. So my vote is um, Squirrel Girl. Can't <laughs> get uh, for some reason can't get enough of Squirrel Girl. Right. Right. Okay. Squirrel Girl. Squirrel Girl, the name I can never say. Yeah. <laughs> it's a yeah. tongue twister for me. Frank, you got one ready? Um, I oh, there's a bunch. I for one am am I'm I'm already tired of the Batman who laughs. <laughs> um Okay. I thought when I first heard about it and saw the visual, I kinda you know, I kind of thought it was kind of a cool idea. It's not a bad idea. The idea that uh, in, in out there in the multiverse somewhere that that, that Batman is is Jokerized and, and it goes that way. That's fine. I mean, <laughs> even if he is kind of derivative and looks like Judge Death, um, that's fine too. But I, I just feel like that that you know, at DC for whatever reason decided they were all in <laughs> on this character mm-hmm. and basically pushed all their chips in line. And and I just think it was one of those things where the character, you know. I've never had a character be as popular as that and then jump the shark as quick. And I don't really like to use the term <laughs> jump the shark. Right. But I think to go from being this to being a Batman Joker pastiche mix up, kind of like to, to, to tie it back into what Clifton was saying earlier about the Prince video. Yeah. All um, I hear is bat dance every time I see him. <laughs> <laughs> tie it back to that is the idea that suddenly he goes to some kind of being a, some kind of universal threat. So... I don't know. I mean, okay. I, I, again, I, I don't, it's, I'm not. I don't. I don't like crapping on people's work, but it's one of the things where if, if we if we we put that character on the shelf for a while and, and let it and let us forget about him, I'll be okay with that. Right. Okay. Clifton, you got one. Um, I don't at the moment. I haven't been tuned in quite enough to know who's getting so used in comics and stories now. I remember some over different periods of time, like. Like Dakin, I remember right. being <laughs> yeah. around too much. What was that? Like ten years ago. Yeah, like Wolverine's oh, son who had I a call that would that come character. out of like the underside of his wrist because they like they had to keep coming up with new places for claws to come out <laughs> on all of the other Wolverine clones. Right. Yeah. Of course. I remember him uh, getting. I remember him being all over the place. Yeah. For a time. Yeah. I'm with you, Dakin. Dakin. Oh. <laughs> uh, all right, we're going to get hate mail for mine. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say Harley Quinn. Oh, wow. Uh, which which pains me to say because I love her character. I love Harley. She's great. Uh-huh. I'm just like, she's just everywhere. And I'm just okay. like, like, it's just one of those, like, it's, there's nothing about it that annoys me. Nothing about it. Like, there's no direction in her character that I disagree with or anything. It's just like, just give me a chance to miss her. A little bit like, like you know what I mean? <laughs> it's okay, old man. It's all right. right. Yeah, that's, a, that's, a, <laughs> that's, a, that's a that's that crazy line from E Play Love. Oh my gosh. That's an interesting thing you would say. Give me a chance to miss Grant, it. Grant, I I haven't watched the show yet. So so my, my okay. opinion might change after I see the show. I I, yeah. I will I will concede that for sure. I but like at the moment in comics, I'm just like I'm like it's it's a bit uh overuse here. Yeah, <laughs> no, I agree. Yeah. yeah. There was definitely a point where in the last five, six years where, you know, they just went, you know, they went crazy and basically put her in everything or gave her a million miniseries and one shots. So. Yeah. She's in yeah. every Arkham game. Batman's not even in every Arkham game. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. That's funny. Yeah. Real quick, Zach, before we end it all totally, I just wanted to know what else was on everyone's list. At least um, I had a few things that I wanted to say. We don't have to go into detail or anything, but I'm curious to see what we didn't bring up or had time for real quick. So, uh, uh, okay. Like, yeah, the runoff list that we didn't use. Okay. Yeah. I had one. What'd you have Zach? I, I had union Jack. Ah, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love union funny. Jack. Oh, for me, it was, um, anybody in Wildstorm, and, um, anybody that came after the noon team Titans, like, uh, was it golden Eagle, Panthera, Anybody that came after 
that core five group. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're all <laughs> wiped off the face. There, it, it's like as if after the core seven of the Justice League, anybody yeah. who joins the group is basically dead. That's the equivalent. Okay. Yeah. Clifton, did you have anybody else that you wanted to? Uh, yeah, one of the only others I had like information on ready to go was Wrecking Crew. No, uh, nice, uh, nice. From Marvel Comics, a bunch of common criminals who gained superpowers from a magical crowbar and then just continued committing crimes with construction and hardware tool themed superpowers and weapons. Yeah, nice. I love them. <laughs> <laughs> Another one I want to see I want to see in the MCU too. I want to see the Wrecking Crew. I want to see Union yeah. Jack too. Sure. Get yeah. Charlie Hunnam. Charlie Hunnam is Union Jack. That's my pick. Anyway, Frank, who's on your runoff list? No, the only one that the only one that I had that I, that I thought about was um, that I love is is, is Hercules. Okay, I think, oh, okay. I think Hercules is definitely one of those. You know, as much as I enjoy, you know, um, Chris Hemsworth as Thor, I think the idea of having um, a god that sort of is even more full of himself, irresp- yeah, more full of himself and more irresponsible. You know, as, as as Thor is, as Thor was when he first started out, and doesn't really have that moment of like, okay, I'm going to be different and better now. Right. I think is fun and important. Um, I think I like, you know, I like the body Hercules. Yeah. I like the one that's that's cool. you know that's kind of a, a swinging dick. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and out there just getting adventures and you know he's. I mean, if you've ever seen getting, getting we we've talked a lot about uh, oddly enough we've talked an awful lot about the Brave and the Bold cartoon, which if you haven't seen mm-hmm. is um phenomenal yeah um but it's one of those things where if you've seen the aquaman the version of aquaman they do in brave and the bold that's hercules right you know everything is just like everything is an adventure everything is you know larger than life and he's larger than life in it so okay i I think i think the idea of doing you know about basically being like you know you've seen gods but this is a god unto gods basically with hercules so that's what i i would i would pick for for my other choice I, I did have one more also. I had a DC bad guy, Dr. Polaris, really quick, okay. just because he's, he's a magnetism character, and I don't get right. why he's not a bigger deal. Like, Magneto's huge in Marvel. I don't get why DC doesn't do more with him. Like, I th- <laughs> it's, a, it's a useful power. <laughs> yeah. I right. thought you'd pick Lobo, to be quite honest. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know that Lobo's not underused. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. I'd like to see a Lobo movie, for sure. Yeah. All right. On that note. So, Tell us in the comments your favorite little-known characters that we forgot. Uh, don't forget to suggest a topic for us while you're there. Uh, you can find links and examples to everything we talk about on LetMeKnowHowItIs.com. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel. It'll help the channel to grow. And finally, don't forget you can like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash LetMeKnowHowItIs and follow us on Twitter at our show's initials, L-M-K-H-I-I. Thanks for listening. We will see you in a week.